This is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. Hello there. Mark Congleton here, your sometimes humble host for almost an hour of observation, insight, and a bit of absurdity from time to time. Hoping that you and yours are doing well and that the last 24 hours is has treated you nicely. If not, give it a swift kick. Tell it to shape up. <laughs> it's the Tuesday edition of the podcast. Plenty to talk about today. Just a quick note here. I'm working on uh, on show notes, and uh, I send them out to you every day. Well, I don't send them to you every day. I, I post them every day, but I'm working on a way for you to get them automatically every day. Um, that is a bit different than the way I've done it in the past. And, uh, I'll let you know, as that develops the, uh, excuse me, the process, it it hit me that, uh, I keep telling you about how important this is and that at some point, at some point, sometime in the past, I, uh, I actually had it set up so you could subscribe. And then I dropped that because, eh. It was honestly moving web, moving around, changing web addresses and the like early on. I just, at at that point, I said, I thought to myself, you know, uh, in this transition from the radio show to doing the podcast, I thought, ah, I don't need to do that anymore. So I think I'll just let that go. It's just another layer of stuff to have to deal with. Well, I was thinking early this morning because I, I tend to get up pretty early and today I was up at about three fifteen, and, um, and, and, and it's not because that's the normal. No, that's far from normal. It's usually closer to five. Uh, but I used to get up, I used to get up before three o'clock in the morning every day. And then this morning I woke up about three fifteen, and, and, uh, eh, just decided, uh, forget it. I'm not even going to try to go back to sleep. I went ahead and got up and I made coffee and I sat in the dark with my iPad for a while actually not totally in the dark, in the glow of the Christmas tree. And, um, yes, I turned the Christmas tree lights on at three 15 in the morning. I did. I'm that guy. Anyway, I'm sitting there thinking, why not, why not just change the way show notes is presented and delivered? So that's coming. Um, look for, look for that to happen officially probably, uh, at the beginning of January, I've already set aside the things that I need to, to make it happen. It's just a matter of spending a few hours, putting the pieces together. And by a few hours, I mean days because it's going to take a few days. It's just, this is going to take a few days to massage everything into the shape I want it to be. But coming up, uh, after Christmas, as we get through new years, after we get through new years, Show notes will be taking on a different personality and, uh, you'll have the opportunity to subscribe to subscribe and have it sent directly to you. And I'll tell you all about that. Once we get past the Christmas holidays and new years. Okay. I just, I just laid the foundation for it today. Uh, I thought I started thinking about it and I thought, well, is this possible? And is that possible? And it turns out that some of those things are possible. So, um, I laid the groundwork. I, I did the preliminary work. To make it happen. Uh, in fact, while the preview, the pre, the roll up music, the pre roll, the pre roll music for the show was going, I um, 
I was looking at things, trying to make things pull together. And um, I still got a little hiccup in one area, but I know exactly what's causing that hiccup. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to see what I'm working on until after we get through the holidays. But after the holidays, it's going to be different. It's going to be new. Things are going to change a bit. Hey, just thought I'd give you a quick little heads up before we could start diving into things. It's been a very non-eventful day personally here in our neighborhood. Uh, yesterday was a uh, was a, a zero day for me. The uh, and that's because it, it's a health issue. From time to time, <clears throat> from time to time, there's I have this condition that flares up, and I just you know I just I just have to go. I just have to uh, take some ibuprofen and chill, just chill for a day, and that's pretty much what I did yesterday. And I kept scanning notes and looking at news and looking for things because yesterday was the day that the electoral college would submit its votes. And they did. And as, uh, as most of us were aware, um, because of the Democrat machine that controls these battleground States and in because of that, uh, Joe Biden came away with the electoral votes he needs, but the fat lady is still not warming up in the wings because on January uh, January sixth, that's when every that's this is all presented to Congress, and Congress will then either accept or reject the electoral college vote. And we'll get into some more detail about that in this podcast, not right now, but as we move forward, because it's important for you to understand how this all works and why it works the way it does. What is about to happen is not unprecedented. It has happened before in our nation's history. Of course, most people don't know that and they don't understand how it works because our education system has been taken over by communists and they don't want you to understand how our nation was set up to work because they want you to believe it's all very much bad. And and because it's very much bad, it all has to be changed because it's all wrong. So... They, they keep perpetuating the lie. And uh, we're going to see how that all plays out over the next few weeks. Because between now and then, things can change. We're watching some things happen. Yesterday, in a handful of states, we had uh, Republican electors stepped up, step up and go ahead and cast their votes. Because they know that if they do so, it keeps the ball in the air. And that's an important step. And we will, uh, we will talk about that coming up mm, very, very shortly. But first, first, let's talk about Dominion. Let's, let's dive into that particular company, Dominion, Dominion Voting Systems, and, uh, and their machines and their software are under the microscope right now. There was a forensic uh, examination that happened in Michigan, and... That forensic examination that uh, that reveals some things that are are important coming over. We've got I've got practically everything that I've got to pass along to you is coming from the Epoch Times today. So let me just go ahead and say that up front. The news stories, the links will be in show notes today. It's all coming from the Epoch Times because they they have they've actually been doing real journalism on what's been happening in America as opposed to the sensationalism that's happening uh, in other more widely accepted and widely known news resources and 
the, the stuff is being passed around online and in, in social media, in uh, Facebook and Twitter and parlor and other sources, those places, there's a lot of sensationalism. There's a lot of, oh, look at this, look at this. There's a lot of excitement and hand waving and we need to step away from that and focus on the facts of things. And that's what I appreciate about Epoch Times. They are actually doing real journalism. And so from the Epoch Times, a report says Dominion Software intentionally designed to influence election results. The forensics report. Now, I just have a few minutes here. I may not be able to get through all of this, but we'll pick it up after the break if I don't. Okay. A forensic audit of Dominion Voting Systems machines and software in Michigan showed that they were designed to create fraud and influence election results. So says a data firm yesterday. Russell Ramsland Jr., he's the co-founder of Allied Security Operations Group, in a preliminary report says, we conclude that the Dominion voting system is intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. The system intentionally generates an enormously high number of ballot errors. The electronic ballots are then transferred for adjudication. The intentional errors lead to bulk adjudication of ballots with no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. This leads to voter or election fraud. Based on our study, we conclude that the Dominion voting system should not be used in Michigan. We further conclude that the results of Antrim County should not have been certified. Ramsland is a former Reagan administration official who has worked for NASA and others from the group examined Dominion products also in Antrim County earlier this month as part of an ongoing case. The team inspected and performed forensic duplication on the county's election management server, which was running Dominion Democracy Suite 5.5.3-002, compact flashcards also used by local precincts in their Dominion ImageCast system, USB memory sticks used by Dominion Voter Assist terminals, and USB memory sticks used for the poll book. They used X-Ways Forensics and other tools, including ba uh, Black Bag Black Lights Forensic Software and VirtualBox. 13th Circuit, uh, Court, uh, 13th Circuit Judge Kevin Elsenheimer approved the forensic examination in the Bailey versus Antrim County case, which alleges the infamous vote flip county officials reported last month may have not been the result of human error, as officials had alleged. Elsenheimer earlier yesterday agreed to let the report on the examination be published. Now, we talked about this yesterday, remember? We talked about Elsenheimer, Judge Elf Elsenheimer. We talked about the uh, forensic examination. We talked about, you know, those 6,000 votes that they, they, they uh, wrote them off to human error. It turns out it wasn't human error, according to this forensic examination. It was actually, as they say, it wasn't a bug. It was a feature of the software, <laughs> a feature of the system. Ramsland noted that Antrim County officials first reported on election night that Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden received out of 12,423 votes, nearly 7,800. Two days later, 
They said President Donald Trump actually won the county, receiving nearly 9,800 votes out of over 17,000 cast. But on November 21st, the officials again updated the figures, removing about 1,300 votes from Biden. Ramsland said the tabulation log for the forensic examination of the server for the county showed 15,676 individual events. Of those, some 68% were recorded errors. He wrote, these errors resulted in overall tabulation errors or ballots being sent to adjudication. This high error rate uh, proves the Dominion voting system is flawed and does not meet state or federal election laws. Remember, we talked about adjudication recently, and that is when the the erroneous ballots, the ones that uh, have errors on them, are sent off in their, their, the images of the ballots are sent to a special file. And that file is then managed by people, by people who are using the system. They go in and they see what's wrong with it. And if possible, they correct what's wrong with it. That is the adjudication process. These people who are operating the system, as we have learned in many cases, without proper supervision, with nobody looking over their shoulder to make sure they're not doing something illegal, are looking at the issues and they're correcting problems. Sometimes those problems are not supposed to be corrected. If there is a, are, there are certain sets of issues which disqualify ballots. And you're supposed to make a certain amount of effort in some cases, but not in others. He goes on to say, a staggering number of votes required adjudication. This was a 2020 issue not seen in previous election cycles, still stored on the server. Now, this is also going to come into play about things being stored on the server. This is something you need to remember. This is something we're going to look back on. All right. So this is a problem unique to this election. And this adjudication process is part of the fraud that's been going on with our election system. And it's something you need to remember. We'll be back with the rest of this story after the break. As the Daily Perspective Podcast continues. Welcome back. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Looking at the vote for 2020 and all of the fishy, funny business that went on with it. We were looking at the forensic report of what happened in Antrim County, Michigan. With Dominion voting system machines. And we were talking about adjudication. That process that kicks votes out with issues for human intervention and human judgment on what should happen or not happen with that particular ballot. And the report says a staggering number of votes there required adjudication. This was a 2020 issue not seen in previous election cycles still stored on the server. 
And as I said before, that's an important thing to remember because there were previous election cycles still stored on these servers and they can go back and compare notes. This is caused by intentional errors in the system. The intentional errors lead to bulk adjudication of ballots with no oversight, no transparency or audit trail. Our examination of the server logs indicates that this high error rate was incongruent with patterns from previous years. The statement attributing these issues to human error is not consistent with the forensic evaluation, which points more correctly to systemic machine and or software errors. These systemic errors are intentionally designed to create errors in order to push a high volume of ballots to bulk adjudication. Gary Milewski, a founding member of the Department of Homeland Security and publisher of Cyber Defense Magazine, told the Epoch Times that Ramsland and his team have the cybersecurity and forensic capabilities and expertise that can not be dismissed. In fact, looking at their team, their patents, their experience, we now have a credible analysis that as I predicted, he says, the algorithms being used in the Dominion voting system are intentionally and purposefully designed to create systematic fraud and influence election results. And in this case, not in the favor of President Trump. In a separate declaration filed by uh, the lawyers for um, William Bailey, he's the guy who hired uh, Ramsland and he is the plaintiff in the court case, Michigan resident Gustavo Delfino said he was involved in a 2004 election in his native Venezuela. He said he witnessed strange events and later found discrepancies involving Smartmatic computers. He said he was alarmed when he learned the technology was being used in the November 3rd presidential election and said the pattern of so-called glitches in voting machines being connected to the Internet mirrored what happened in his country nearly two decades ago. This is a story that we've talked about before. Spokespersons for Antrim County and Dominion didn't respond to requests for comments. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, a Democrat, said in a statement after the report was released, quote, let's be clear, Michigan's November 3rd general election in Michigan and across the country was the most secure in the nation's history. There continues to be no evidence of widespread fraud. Well, that is except for this forensic report of exactly what went on with the machines. <laughs> except for that. And all of the witness testimony the what what is actually becoming thousands now thousands of signed witness affidavits and reports of funny business and fraud and mismanagement going on in tabulation site after tabulation site except for all of that michigan attorney general dana nessel adds oftentimes a party will hire an expert witness to support the conclusion that the party wants or needs to reach that's why we give the other parties in a lawsuit a chance to depose the expert and challenge their qualifications in court. Anyone can have an opinion, but it doesn't necessarily mean the opinion is based on fact or science. Well, except for people like this guy who's got the credentials and the, and the history and has been trusted by so many people and has patents and, and knows what he's talking about. The, the people like this guy. They're credible unless they're disagreeing with Democrats. 
Officials allege that the team behind the audit doesn't have expertise in election administration and technology. <laughs> in a court filing, Michigan Elections Director Jonathan Brader said the report, quote, makes a series of unsupported conclusions, ascribes motives of fraud and obfuscation to processes that are easily explained as routine election procedures or error corrections, and suggests, suggests that without explanation that elements of election software not used in Michigan are somehow responsible for tabulation or reporting errors that are either non-existent or easily explained. Except for the the part about in 2020, this adjudication percentage being incredibly high and not matching anything in prior years stored in the memories of the systems except for that part, the, the incredibly 68 point something percent adjudication rate. Well, there's that we got to deal with bad, but don't pay no attention to that. Eric Grell an assistant, an assistant attorney general told the judge during the hearing on Monday morning yesterday that the preliminary report was quote, inaccurate and complete and misleading. Listen, everything, these people, these assistant attorney generals, these people, these officials in the state of Michigan, everything, these people, everything they're saying, you have to remember it's coming from Democrats, progressives, communists, people who have a vested interest in Joe Biden being the winner of this contest. They are all deeply, deeply biased, and you're not going to get honesty from these people. Now, there are some crucial logs missing from Michigan County Dominion voting machines, according to the forensics report. There are missing logs. Why for would that happen? Unless you're trying to hide something. This court-sanctioned forensic audit of voting systems in Antrim County, Michigan, determined that crucial security and ballot adjudication logs were missing from machines by Dominion Voting Systems. The company at the epicenter of the dispute over whether voter fraud occurred during the 2020 general election. The findings are part of a preliminary forensic report. And by the by, the way, you can get the entire PDF of the report. It's a, it's a link in this story. So get today's show notes and look at. Don't just look at what they're saying about it. Look at the report. It was written by Russell Ramsland. We've already covered that. He's a former White House, a Reagan White House official who's worked for NASA and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He's an MIT guy. Kevin Elsheimer, the, the chief judge of Michigan's 13th Circuit Court, approved the report for release to the Republic yesterday. According to this report, both the ballot adjudication logs and the security logs for the November 3rd general election appear to have been removed. Logs for prior elections are still present on the machines. See, this is what I was telling you we were going to get to. Quote, the adjudication process is the simplest way to manually manipulate votes. The lack of records prevents any form of audit accountability, and their conspicuous absence is extremely suspicious. Since the files exist for previous years using the same software, we must conclude that the 2020 election cycle records have been manually removed. So writes Mr. Ramsland. The absence of the adjudication logs is particularly alarming because the forensic exam found that the voting machines rejected an extraordinary number of ballots for adjudication, over 68%, remember? A manual process, adjudication that is, a manual process in which election workers determine the ultimate outcome for each ballot. 
the Federal Elections Commission allows for an error rate of, get a pencil, write this down, 0.008%. That's what the FEC allows for. That's according to Mr. Ramsland. The machines his team examined in Antrim County had an error rate of 68.05%. Remember, the FEC allows for an error rate of 0.008%. That's eight ten thousandths of a percent. And in Antrim County, the error rate was 68.05%. Ramsland says because the intentional high error rate generates large numbers of ballots to be adjudicated by election personnel, we must deduce that bulk bulk adjudication occurred. However, because files and adjudication logs are missing, we have not yet determined where the bulk adjudication occurred or who was responsible for it. The Michigan... Bureau of Elections Director Jonathan Brader in a court filing said the report makes a series of unsupported conclusions. Right. Unsupported. Conclusions are made based on the evidence at hand. A 68.05% error rate and missing adjudication logs push you to a single conclusion. And that conclusion is Somebody was messing around with these machines and they had a desired result in mind when they did so. Scott Adams. He's the guy behind the Dilbert comic strip. Writes on Twitter this morning. The most impressive aspect of our election system is that by design, it guarantees fraud in a variety of ways. While at the same time, guaranteeing we don't have enough time to do anything about it before Inauguration Day. It's the perfect crime. Well said, Mr. Adams. He's right on the money. President Trump tweets this morning. (laughs) And I, you know what? I scrolled back up to it. And as soon as I scrolled back to up to it, Twitter updated (laughs) and blew it off the screen for me. So let me scroll down here and see if I can find it. The the president uh, is talking about, here it is. He says, uh, this was 11 minutes ago, uh, tremendous problems being found with voting machines. They're so far off. It's ridiculous. Able to take a landslide victory and reduce it to a tight loss. This is not what the USA is all about. Law enforcement shielding machines do not tamper a crime much more to come. We're learning a lot where we're being allowed to look. And that's part of the issue is being allowed to look. And like Scott Adams said, the time factor. The time factor is so tight, it makes it difficult. And here's the thing. Those who are gaming the system know that. They know that. And they've been putting judges in place to make it more difficult to get things done in a timely manner. There are leftist, progressive (laughs) judges 
attorney, uh, the attorneys general and the like who are standing in the path and keeping justice from being done. And then you have the political officials who are essentially saying, well, who are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? This is kind of what they're doing to us. They're telling us, uh, you know, this is not what you're, no, no, no. This is not what you think you're seeing. This is something totally different. You just don't understand how this works. Please, you need to just let us manage this. Trust us. Just trust us. And this is, this is what we're being told by these people. And it is, it's, I keep having these, these echoes of these communist countries that the, the leadership gets on television and tells the people, this is what you should believe. This they, they get on the television and tell people what to believe instead of letting the people make a decision for themselves. Which is why I had that problem with Fox News's change of slogan. Because it's no longer it, it's no longer we report you decide, it's doing the right thing for America. And they <laughs> if you watch them, if you see the clips, and I, I, I go back and look at the YouTube clips of uh, certain programs and see that little banner hit the bottom of the screen. I think, I think, yeah, we, you decide you just, you decide now, not us. We're doing, you're doing the right thing for America. That means you've decided what's right. We don't get to. And then there's a little trade, a little trademark symbol next to it. They've actually trademarked the phrase doing what's right for America. <laughs> so if their legal department wanted to, it, it, they could sue you for using that phrase in publications. That you're just trying to do what's right for America. You get this little note. Um, by the way, we've, we've trademarked that phrase. And uh, um, uh, if you don't cease and desist, then uh, it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in the legal fees. <laughs> That's America. God bless you, Fox News. <laughs> you dirty traitors. Well, back to what we were talking about. Um, let's skip down a little bit to security logs in this article. In addition to missing adjudication logs, the examination, this forensic examination, found that the systems are missing security logs prior to 11 p.m. on the fourth day of November. Quote, this means that all security logs for the day after the election, on election day, and prior to election day are gone. Security logs are very important to an audit trail, forensics, and for detecting advanced persistent threats and outside attacks especially on systems with outdated system files. This is what Mr. Ramsland says in his examination. He goes on to say these logs would contain domain controls, authentication failures, error codes, times users logged on and off, network connections to file servers between file accesses, internet connections, times, and data transfers, other server logs before November 4th, 2020 are present. Therefore, there is no reasonable explanation for the security logs to be missing. He's correct. There is no reasonable explanation, but there is an explanation. And that explanation is they were deleted because they revealed fraud. The Amistad Project, an election integrity group, filed evidence preservation requests in five battleground states in response to the findings of the Ramsland report. 
Phil Klein, the director of the Amistad Project, says we're filing in all swing states a demand that judges step in and preserve evidence to avoid it from being destroyed or spoiled by the intentional or reckless acts of executive officials. Amistad had previously filed post-election results in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and, and Wisconsin. Klein goes on in his statement to say, the error rate detailed in this report has implications for every state where we have litigation. And it comes on a day when officials are blocking legislature, legislators from having their say about elections in their states. This joins with other compelling evidence that the elections in these states cannot be certified under the law. According to Mr. Ramsland, the errors unearthed during the forensic exam appear to be a feature rather than a bug. I joked about that a while ago, but he actually said so. He said, the system intentionally generates an enormously high number of ballot errors. The electronic ballots are then transferred for adjudication. The intentional errors lead to bulk adjudication of ballots with no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. This leads to voter or election fraud, as we told you earlier. He goes on to say, we, based on our study, we conclude that the Dominion voting system should not be used in Michigan. We further conclude that the results of Antrim County should not have been certified, as we told you a while ago. Uh, and the president actually, actually tweeted yesterday. He said, wow, this report shows massive fraud, election-changing result. The preliminary report did not include the underlying data that ASOG examined. Ramsland had previously filed an affidavit with a major error in it as part of an election lawsuit brought by Lynn Wood. The affidavit mixed up uh, counties from Minnesota and Michigan. The ASOG team visited Central Lake Township on November 27th to inspect the Dominion ImageCast precinct system. Central Lake Township clerk Judith uh, Kosolowski presented the auditors with two ballot tabulator tapes, one produced on November 3rd and another produced on November 6th. Kozlowski told the auditors that Connie Wing of the county clerk's office instructed her on November 5th to retabulate the ballots that were counted on November 3rd. The second tabulated tabulation altered an estimated 1,474 votes in a precinct where a total of 1,494 votes were cast. The auditors estimate this total. The massive shift included a school board race in which one candidate gained 742 votes and another lost 657 votes. Printed tapes provided to the auditors show these totals being changed. In another school board race, 657 votes vanished. In a second tabulation of a race that had 663 votes cast on the first count. When the auditors visited the Antrim County clerk on December 6th, they discovered that two different versions of election software were used for the machine that tabulated the Central Lake, uh, Lake Township ballots. In total, the use of the two software versions altered more than 60% of the votes. The report states, inexplicably impacting every single election contest in a township with less than 1,500 voters. The machines and their software cannot be trusted. Not at all. 
in just these examples, we're seeing the issue at hand. And it becomes more and more evident that the reason Dominion voter systems, voting system was chosen by these states was because they could control the outcome of the vote by manipulating these systems. They aren't secure. And they aren't secure by design. They're set up so that the adjudication process can be triggered intentionally and that people can go in, examine examine votes, and change the votes to suit their desires. You may have seen the video that's been floating around for a week or so of an official showing people how adjudication works with a blank ballot. She feeds a blank ballot into a tabulation machine. It gets flagged for adjudication. She pulls it up in adjudication and it's all blank. And then she proceeds to fill it in the way she wants. That's how the adjudication process works with Dominion voting systems. Even with a blank ballot, the ballot has none of the legally required information. It can be pulled up and it can be made legal in the adjudication process. Even if it's blank, please remember that this was demonstrated with a blank ballot so that an adjudicator could put in whoever and whatever they want on that ballot and change the direction of an election. Remember, this is not a bug or a flaw in the system. It's a feature. It's designed to work this way. Now, why else would a voting system be designed to work this way? Except for changing the outcome of an election. And oddly enough, this same system is being used in each one of these states which have been challenged. And this is only part of the issue at hand. Like I keep telling you, this is not over until the fat lady sings. And the Electoral College may have been handled yesterday, but she's still not even warming up in the wings. We've still got until January 6th, and then things are going to get really interesting. Welcome back to this last segment for this Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. Ten days away from Christmas. Merry Christmas. Glad you're along. Thanks for being there. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for telling your friends about the podcast. All right. Let's get back. We're talking about uh, the vote. I had a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk about today. We're just slowly working our way through it. It's just, it's taking a long time. 
But today's show notes, I'll post it all for you so you can see what I was going to get to. Okay? All right. In Wisconsin, the Supreme Court there ruled yesterday that public health restrictions amid the CCP virus pandemic are not valid reasons for people to vote absentee without showing an ID. Please remember that qualification. It's okay to vote absentee, but you must present some kind of ID. They're legally required ID. Under Wisconsin's election law, a voter may declare him or herself indefinitely confined because of age, physical illness, or infirmity, a status that allows that allows one to submit an absentee ballot application without providing a photo ID. In a March 25th statement on his Facebook, Dane County Clerk Scott McDonnell encouraged all voters who request a ballot and have trouble presenting a valid ID to indicate as needed that they are indefinitely confined due to illness. This declaration will make it easier for Dane County voters to participate in this election by mail in these difficult times. This is what he said, McDonald said, uh, citing Governor Tony Evers' stay-at-home order. The Wisconsin Republican Party promptly sued McDonald for his message, arguing that the action suggested was abuse of the indefinitely confined status as a means to bypass voter ID requirements. The Wisconsin Supreme Court justices have ordered the clerk to rescind the statement. In its final decision on Monday, the PDF is linked in the article, by the way, the court sided with the state Republican Party, saying that whether to declare oneself indefinitely confined is up to individual voters, not county clerks or anyone else. The justices also rule that the governor's stay-at-home order doesn't mean everyone is indefinitely confined. Chief Justice Patience Rogensack wrote in the majority opinion, quote, The plain language of Wisconsin's election law requires that each elector make an individual assessment to determine whether he or she qualifies as indefinitely confined or disabled for an indefinite period. A county clerk may not declare that any elector is indefinitely confined due to a pandemic. In addition, the court ruled that votes could not count for those who falsely claim the status of indefinitely con- of indefinite confinement. It's unclear whether the decision will invalidate some of the votes cast in this year's presidential election or if it is simply for future reference. The majority opinion also reads, if individual electors did not follow the statutory mandate and continued to vote as indefinitely confined despite no longer meeting the statutory requirements, they would cast their votes contrary to the statute. In turn, because compliance with the absentee ballot process is mandatory, their ballots would not count. In another ruling released yesterday, the court rejected President Donald Trump's lawsuit seeking to throw out over 220,000 ballots cast in Dane and Milwaukee counties, including 28,000 ballots cast by voters who said they were indefinitely confined. One of the reasons for the rejection was that the case was raised too late. This is what we were talking about a while ago. Remember that amount of time when you have to get things done? They set these things up so that, in some cases, you have to raise your objection before Election Day, even though they make changes at the last minute, making it almost impossible to raise your objections before Election Day. Conservative-leaning Justice Brian uh, Hagedorn 
who joined three liberal justices to form a majority, also wrote in the court's opinion, the challenge to the indefinitely confined voter ballot is meritless on its face. So Minnesota actually, the Supreme Court actually decided that this doesn't exempt you from uh, proving your identity. You still have to prove ID. And what should be remembered about this is that the state of Wisconsin tried to subvert voter ID laws. They were looking for ways to get votes into the system that would elect who they wanted to be president without proving their identification, without proving they were eligible to vote. All that matters is votes going the direction they want them to go. That's all that matters. And if they have to break the law to make that happen, well then, that's exactly what they'll do. And that's exactly what they tried to do. And this is just one more example of the lawlessness that is at the heart of progressivism and today's Democrat Party. Law means nothing to these people. Nothing. Because if a law is inconvenient, they will break it. They will ignore it. If a law means nothing, if it stands in their way, if it prevents them from reaching their goal, then as far as they're concerned, it doesn't exist. It's for other people, not them. These are the same people, mind you, who every time some problem comes up, want to pass a new law to prevent that problem from getting any bigger or to eliminate that problem. And those problems that they seek to eliminate by passing new laws are almost always caused by people who didn't respect the laws which were already in place. This takes us back to gun control. Their solution for gun control is to pass more laws. Laws which make it harder for law-abiding people to purchase, to maintain firearms for their own personal protection and the protection of their loved ones. They make it more difficult for you and I to protect ourselves and our families with the rationale that doing so will prevent criminals from participating in criminal activity. And they hope you don't recognize the fact that criminals are criminals because they ignore the law and do whatever they want, regardless of the impact it may have on the innocent around them. They don't want you to remember that. So they get on television and then in the news uh, online, and they talk about how they're going to pass these sweeping, sweeping laws to prevent violence. And the reason I bring this up is because they're resurrecting Sandy Hook again. They're talking about Sandy Hook. They're talking about passing legislation to restrict access to firearms. Passing more laws, which will have no impact on lawless people. The people who do this kind of thing, who harm others, 
don't care about the laws. They're going to do what they're going to do. And the law means nothing. The guy who walks into the bank with a mask on his face with a gun and demands all the money, it didn't matter to him that it was illegal to rob banks. He's robbing banks. The same goes for everybody who is lawless. They don't care. So passing a new law to impact people who didn't care about the old law is stupid. But that's the way the progressives work. And I think they know it's stupid. And I think they know it won't work. But they also know that their followers, their voter base, just accepts whatever they're told. They don't think. They don't rationalize. If you've, if you've ever encountered one in the comment section below an article on a news site or in social media and tried to be rational and reasonable with them, you realize that right away. They don't care. Reality is meaningless to these people. All they care about is getting what they want. It doesn't matter that in the real world, the proposals made by Democrats can't work. They will not work because in the real world, people who break the law don't care about new laws. But as far as the Democrat politicians are concerned, their, their constituency is too stupid to put two and two together and come up with four. They just trust them. Oh, trust us. We're here looking out for you. As Ronald Reagan once famously said, the most frightening words you'll ever hear are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And that is the philosophy of the Democrat Party. They are the government and they're here to help. They're helping themselves to more power and more control. And to get there, they will do anything and everything they need to do to make it happen including breaking election laws, including cheating in every way possible during an election in order to put the people in power they need to reshape a society to fit their ideals. And that's what we're watching happen right now. And also right now, it's time to move along. That's it for today. God bless you. Have a good one. We'll see you back here tomorrow for the next edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. Bye-bye. Oh, we're, uh, we're done.